0: Welcome to episode number one of Afterthoughts. Afterthoughts. I'm your host, Paul Steele. I'm also the senior pastor at Bethlehem Church in Austin, Minnesota. Afterthoughts is the podcast of Bethlehem Church, where we go beyond the sermon. See, each Sunday, there is information that does not get included in the sermon, because you can't cover everything in a 25 to 30 minute sermon. It's just not possible. And then after after the sermon is preached, people have their own questions. They have they want some things clarified. And I wanted to provide an opportunity not only to teach on some of that extra information, but also to provide an opportunity for people to have their questions answered. And that's what this is. This past Sunday, our sermon was entitled, What is Truth? And the sermon text came from John chapter 18 verses 33 through 38. This is where Jesus has the encounter with Pontius Pilate as Pilate kind of has him on trial trying to figure out the charge against Jesus. And Jesus says that he came to proclaim the truth that his followers love the truth. And then Pilate responds, well what is truth? And I think to a lot, to a great degree, that's that's still a valid question. What is truth? We are flooded with information, good information, bad information, and it's hard to make sense of it all, right? It's hard to know what to believe. It doesn't really matter who we are because when it comes right down to it, None of us have the wisdom, the skills, the education, or even the time to properly evaluate all this information that we're given. How do we know what is true from what is false? How do we figure that out? So what is truth? Well, the late Christian philosopher and author, Dallas Willard, said that Truth is that which conforms to reality. So when we're talking about truth, we're talking about things that are real, the way that they really are. A good example of this, an easy example of this, is when we say that 2 plus 2 equals 4. We can say that is the truth because we know we can we can see for ourselves that when we have two things and we add another two things to them, that we now have four things. Easy enough. But when we start talking about scientific things, when we start to talk about psychology, and we start to talk about history, who has the time to track all of this down? And who has the ability to really tell us whether this is true or not. What ends up happening is that we end up kind of farming this discovery of truth out to other people. We have our trusted sources that tell us, oh, this is true and this is false. The problem that ultimately happens in this, though, is that we tend to have our own trusted sources that reveal truth to us that conforms not necessarily to reality, but to our own worldview. And that means that each one of us, within our worldview, the way that we see the world, in our kind of compartment of beliefs, hold on to things that aren't necessarily true. They don't conform to our to reality as much as they conform to our world view, to the way that we see the world, to our perceptions. As followers of Jesus then, how do we go about this discovery of Truth. Well, let's just take a quick look at this at our at the text from Sunday again. So John chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, Is this your own question? Or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, So you are a king. Jesus responded, You say I am a king. Uh, actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. And all who love the truth recognize what, that what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them he is not guilty of any crime. So here, Pilate is Kind of inter- interrogating Jesus, trying to figure out, "Hey, what is this charge against you? Are you a king? Are you going to incite a rebellion?" And Jesus says, "What? Wait a minute. Yeah, I I do have this kingdom, but it's a different kind of kingdom. It's not an earthly kingdom. If it was, then my my followers would fight for my release. They would they would be." in the streets. They, they would be doing something about this, but they're not. This is something different. So Pilate says, yeah, okay, so you are a king. But Jesus says, uh, but, Gab, yeah, you say I'm a king, but actually I came to testify to the truth. And my followers believe the truth. They love the truth. What is truth? Pilate asks. So, what we see here, and let's just make a, a, a few quick observations, and and then I'll I'll talk about why this all matters. So, so first of all, what we see here is that a a search for answers is not the same as a search for truth. See, Pilate was seeking an answer. He is seeking: is this charge correct? Is Jesus a a dangerous rebel who is threatening rebellion against Rome, against the emperor, or is he not? And oftentimes, what we what ends up happening is that we are out trying to to find answers to to life's problems, or trying to find answers to to the questions that we have, but that's not necessarily the same as. A search for truth. To uh, a search for the way things truly are. I, I think a, a good example of this, and just as as Christians that we can see, one is, is is when we take a look at Genesis chapters one, two, and three, and we make it all about this debate between uh, creation and evolution. We're looking for answers. We're looking for quote unquote facts that support our position. And we kind of miss the big picture of what what God wants us to know, the truth that is in there. The truth that we are created in God's image to be his image bearers, his representatives in this world. The truth that that we that we all have this choice to make between God's desire and our desire. There's a lot in there that we, we kind of miss. We miss the truth because we're on a search for answers. Uh, we can go to the end of the Bible, to the book of Revelation. And we kind of do the same thing with that. We, we're searching this book and we're trying to uncover things so that we can plot, you know, plot where we are in the end time and when this is all going to happen. And as a result, we miss out on the hope that the book of Revelation has. This, the, the, we, we miss out on the wonderful image that we have of Jesus in the book of Revelation because we get so consumed with trying to find the answers rather than really looking for the truth. And, and so the second observation I would make is that people's definition of truth is different. Now remember, Pilate is coming out of this Greco-Roman background. That's who he is. And the Greeks and the Romans, they had all sorts of philosophers. And they had different sects of philosophers. And they debated one another. And and a lot of the emperors would try to claim that they were philosophers. and, And because they had this wisdom that and this truth, that that made them fit to rule. Now you can see growing up and being part of that, that culture, why Pilate might just be a little bit cynical about this claim to, do you know truth? Because he is seeing this, the truth, quote unquote, the truth, debated. You know, this secret wisdom that that people need to have. And that's why I think he he looks at Jesus, he kind of sees Jesus as this philosopher and doesn't see him as a rebel, even though Jesus does kind of claim that he has a kingdom. When Jesus is talking about truth, what he primarily means, and this is what his Jewish listeners would have understood, is that he's primarily talking about God's covenant faithfulness to his people. That when Jesus says, hey, I came to testify to the truth, he came to testify, he came to witness, to bear witness, that God is being faithful to his covenant. When Jesus earlier says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, he is saying that he is God's covenant faithfulness personified. Right? that that god has made all these promises to his people he has made a covenant with them and they're being fulfilled in the person of jesus that's what jesus means by truth not some sort of uh, not sort some sort of collection of secret wisdom but the reality, right? The reality of God's covenant faithfulness to His people—that which conforms to reality—that God is faithful to His covenant; He is faithful to His people. That's what Jesus is saying. The truth is. And the third observation I I would make here is that is that when we come across, uh, when we come across this. Uh, The truth, when we encounter the truth, then we have a choice to make. Pilate's choice was just to walk away. What is truth, he says? And he doesn't even give Jesus time to answer. He just he just leaves. Now he believes that Jesus is innocent, but he's not going to give Jesus a time to to answer, to clarify. He's cynical and he just walks away. But Jesus says that his followers, right, his followers love the truth and recognize what Jesus says is truth. They stay with Jesus. Their choice is not to walk away, but to stay, to remain, to be taught, to follow, to experience. Now, why is this all important? On Sunday, I shared one reason why it matters that Jesus is God's truth, a personified, that he represents God's covenant faithfulness to his people. It's important because, because when we when we declare that that uh, that Jesus is the truth and that's kind of our bedrock that, that's where we, we, we choose to stay that we build our life on this reality that Jesus is God's truth that God is faithful to his people that that makes us confident as we go out in search of truth other ways that that other facts that conform to reality because if we don't have that that starting point if we don't have that anchor what happens is is that uh, we begin to to wonder what can i believe it, then everything is kind of up for grabs and it, it becomes uh, a difficult place to to navigate uh, see i had i had that experience when I first started to kind of to to figure things out on my own, you know, to 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 find what is is truth. It, it was overwhelming. I, I, I know the, the the place that I started, that, that it first occurred to me, and, and maybe this is why I use this as an example so much is is looking at, at creation and and just like, man some of the things that that i was taught about young earth creationism just didn't seem to line up with reality and that that doesn't mean that the the that the whole evolution thing seemed to to always line up with re- reality either and so i'm like well what what's true what what am i going to believe here and that is when i realized that I had to have this anchor point, like, I had to have something that I knew was true, that I wasn't going to compromise on, that I wasn't going to go away from. And at the time, I also was doing uh, a lot of of study around the resurrection of of Jesus uh, through uh, N.T. Wright and William Lane Craig and and I was like, okay, if if Paul in 1 Corinthians, so the book that I say is the word of God, is scripture. If Paul says that if Jesus isn't raised from the dead, if Jesus isn't resurrected, then your faith is useless. If that is the linchpin in this whole thing, then that's what I'm going to hold on to. That if I can be confident, and I am, that Jesus lived, died, and was resurrected, then I have a starting point, an anchor point, And I don't have to be worried about what else might be out there because I know this is the truth. I don't have to worry about the creation-evolution debate. I don't have to worry about the end times stuff. I don't have to worry about anything else because I have this one thing that I know is true and that's going to to keep me grounded no matter what else is going on around, around me, no matter what else may be up for grabs or I may doubt or have questions about. I have one thing I can constantly come back to and say, this is true. This is what conforms to reality. Being able to do that not only gives us confidence, which was, which was what I try to convey on Sunday morning, but I think a second thing is, uh, a second reason why this is important, you know, that Jesus is the truth is that it reminds us that reality is greater than what we can see and touch. That reality isn't just limited to our physical world, But there is something outside of that, beyond that. And that's why understanding truth primarily as God's covenant faithfulness reminds us that there is a spiritual reality to all of this as well, a heavenly uh, reality to this. That the two have to go together. If we're just trying to find truth and that which conforms to reality in the physical realm, well, we're missing out on a lot of truth, that, that we need to remember that, that truth is larger than that, that there is a spiritual reality that, that is out there as well that we have to seek to understand, dis- discover as well. And the third reason why I think this is all important is that it helps, it helps us to be okay with uncertainty. I know that when, uh, you know, it, it's been uh, 10, 15 years ago when, when I started some of this journey. And you can see some of these books up on, on, on my, my shelf with, with reading uh, The God Delusion and a letter to a Christian nation by Sam Harris. Uh, also, this this Christian book, uh, the Myth of Certainty. Uh, all those things, it, it, uh, along with other things like, it got me thinking. Like what? And and, uh, and some of the things that I that I thought were so certain after going through Bible college and such, I just wasn't certain anymore. And I and and a lot of people, I think, what happens is that because they they can't have a certainty about anything any any longer, that they just kind of throw the whole thing out. And because I was able to have this this anchor point and say, "Hey, this is this is what I know to be true," I, I'm okay with some uncertainty. You know, like when we go to the Bible and we're reading through the Old Testament, there are some things that make me uncomfortable. There are some things I just don't quite understand. You know, did did Balaam's donkey really talk to him or is that an allegory? Is that a, is, what do you do with, 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 some of the violence that takes place within the Old Testament. those are things that, that we have to wrestle with and and I'm not certain for I'm not certain that I have any answers for that. And if you're looking to come to to the Bible and, and to Christian Christianity and just have this certainty over it all, then you're setting yourself up, I think, for some failure. because, Because if you start to doubt in just one little area, like, oh, well, maybe this whole thing isn't true. That is why it's so important to say, this is truth. Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. Because if Jesus was raised from the dead, then that's what really matters. That changes everything. And regardless of whether we understand some of the other parts of the Bible or not, this is true. And so I'm going to listen to what Jesus says. And Jesus seemed to think that the Old Testament scriptures had value to them. And so I'm going to find value in them because Jesus did. And that becomes my starting point. I don't have to have everything figured out, because I know, I know that I know Jesus. I know that reality. That's why. That's why this is important. And in this time when we are just flooded with, with different information, we don't always know what is true or what we can believe. To have something that's bedrock. Provides hope. It provides confidence. It uh, it provides us with a with a understanding of the of of the world because we remember that hey. Reality is more than what we can see and touch. There's a spiritual reality behind it all. And my encouragement then for us is that we can come to that place and commit our lives to believing this one truth. Jesus. Jesus' life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and letting that be the bedrock of our lives. Because when we can do that, then it's going to make all these other things not necessarily easier, but less complicated. Less like, oh, I need to figure this out. Because we don't. Because we know that, man, this is what's true. And this is what's going to guide my life. So, Thank you for, for joining me today on this very first episode of After Thoughts. My prayer is that it was beneficial to you. If you have any questions, comments, uh, feel free uh, to to, uh, email me at paul at bethlehemchurchaustin.com and uh, I will do my best to to answer what you have, uh, the questions that you have. So until next week, God bless.